Big Fluff. To die is natural. It's the living death of those who've wakened into consciousness, though for a moment only, ah, or less, to find a coffin stifling their last breath surpasses every horror underneath the sun of heaven and should surely check haste in the living to remove the wreck of what was just before the soul's fair sheath. How many have smothered in their shroud? How many have sustained this awful woe? Humanity would shudder, could we know? How many have cried to God in anguish loud, accusing those whose haste has wrong has wrought beyond the worst that ever devil thought? Premature Burial, Percy Russell, 1906. Curioso. A Curioso is someone who inquires in esoteric matters. A collector of knowledge. Curioso Podcast. Hey, Joe. Hey, Chris. It is time for the next installment of the Crypt Kicker 5. We are getting towards the end here, buddy. Before we really get started and uh, get into the topic, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, something that uh, we just had the second annual Great Pumpkin Brew Off this year. Yes, we did. So now our friend Chuck puts puts this on. Last year, the only two contestants were, were me and Chuck. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then this year, uh, it was uh, you entered, and it mm-hmm. was one of uh, Chuck's uh, in-laws, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Brian, who yes. entered as yes. well. And uh, the criteria is has to have a real pumpkin in it, mm-hmm. right? And um, and also, you're supposed to not start until September 1st. Right, which is a rule I think you made. Uh, yeah, <laughs> last year that was what the rule I, was. I know, I know. Right. Go ahead. So apparently, uh, when Chuck invited his brother-in-law, he didn't tell him that rule, and he started in July. Yes. So it had all this time <laughs> to sit uh, in the bottles and condition uh-huh. and get really good and tasty. Yep. Uh, yep. So subsequently, uh, Brian he won. He won. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, yeah. Yeah, and uh, and uh, and Joe. Yeah. You came in second place, buddy. I know. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. My, my first uh, beer that I've ever made and came in second place. Second place. Second out place. of four four people, you know. Dude, that's that's good Well, odds. it's better than I did, Joe, uh, because you I came, came in last. Dead, dead last. <laughs> dead last. I know. But I, I got to say, if you give my uh, my beer another bo- another uh, week or two in mm. that bottle, you know what I mean? It's going to be pretty good. Yeah. And and Chuck, he runs a, uh, a company that is on our most important sites right on our webpage uh, called Epic Delusion. They do a bunch of t-shirts and stuff. Good guys, good products. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they run it with, he runs it with him and his brother. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and uh, yeah, <laughs> he's going to love us talking about him. I know. He's, he hates that. I know. But uh, they're both twins, and yeah. I really, really wanted to get him on a twin episode, and they, they s- both were like, no, fuck that. They still we're won't do not going to do it. <laughs> they just hate talking about the fact that they're twins. And in fact, most twins that I know uh-huh. hate talking about the fact that they're twins. I, I don't understand. I, I just cannot get a pair yeah. of twins on to discuss twins. Mm-hmm. So uh, so that that's not going to happen ever. So, But you came in last. I that, Thanks, the, Joe. That, thanks for the, reminding me That's again. the takeaway for this. Uh, for I know. The... Jeez. <laughs> All right. Let's get into it. I believe it was last year we talked about certain 
certain things in our lives that people are afraid of. Yes. I talked about my hoplophobia, for instance. Mm-hmm. Yes, you did. Uh, uh, are there things that you're afraid of in life? Uh, uh, I mean, you don't, you don't have any phobias. Dry pickles. Dry pickles? I don't know. Dry pickles do suck. <laughs> I just you want them nice and nice and gooey and, and wet pickles. Yeah, sure. Yeah, but I mean, it's not like you fear them. You don't run away from them. No, no. You it's know? not Night of the Living Pickle. It's just a, oh, it's kind of cruddy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, um, have you ever thought about, uh, you know, at the time of your demise, mm-hmm. at the time that you, Often. that you pass away? Okay. No are gas. you? Are you? No, no. I mean, apparently, I think you do, right? Isn't that part of it? Yeah. You pass everything, mm-hmm. you know. But at that point in time of your demise, have you ever been afraid that maybe you might come back to life? Yes. Like, no, no, once not, you're dead, well, not, you're buried. Right. You might not actually be dead. I well, mean, you, you could be in a, a a coma. Yeah, and I'm fine with that. So I was going to say, it's not really a fear. It's more of a hope. <laughs> well, that will come back and haunt people. I, I do remember uh, when we were kids, you did have a coffin that you slept in. Yes, that's true. I mean, did you sleep with the lid closed or open? Uh, yeah, closed. It had a lock on the inside. Did you put the lock there? Yeah. You, you put your own lock there? Yeah. So it was like your own little, uh, uh, what, what do they call it? Isolation that? chamber? I, yeah, iso- yeah. yeah, decontamination, isolation <laughs> chamber. Decontamination. What's really cool about this episode today is it's not just uh, Joe and I. Right. Uh, I, I, I love it when I, I do. It's not just Joe and I. Mm. We're actually bringing someone who might know and remember uh, you sleeping in that coffin. Uh, we brought Possibly. someone else along. Yeah. Right. And I tell you what, I want you to introduce him this time, Joe. I the, always have to do it. That's all right. It's uh, your turn. This is our, what, what lifelong friend? Our, yeah. Our, yeah, we've known him for, what, a bajillion years? Our hetero life mate? Yeah, hetero life mate. <laughs> <laughs> and we've brought him up on the podcast several times. Welcome, Mr. Ryan Stike. Hey, how you guys doing? Pretty good, man. How are you doing? I'm pretty good. Thanks for having me. I'm not uh, I'm not underground, so I guess I'm uh, better than most people. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, he's calling all the way from mysterious Delaware. Is, We're in Delaware. Right. Yeah. You, you moved from Maryland, uh, a place with a very exciting flag, to Delaware, a not very exciting state, right? <laughs> Do Is they it, have a flag? Yeah. They have a flag, yeah. Yeah, we, we have a... I don't know what it looks like, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I, I spend a lot of time indoors. <laughs> Ryan's not a flexilologist. Flexo- Is that what that's called? A vex- vexillologist, not Vexel. a flexil. Yeah. Okay. A vexillologist. That's someone who studies flags. I- Save that for the vexillology uh, podcast, Joe. Okay. All right. <laughs> so, Ryan. I'm sure it's a beautiful flag. Yeah, I'm sure. Ryan, uh, have you ever been buried alive? Uh, no, I have not, um, thankfully. I have dreamed about it a few times, which I guess doesn't really count. I, I don't know, but it is, uh, it is a pretty terrifying thought, though. Yeah, I mean, you've played a dead body before. Oh, yeah, I have done that. I have done that. <laughs> but, yeah, my, what I worry about is, uh, see, with my asthma, I don't think I would last very long, to be honest. It, it, oh, in the box? <laughs> oh, yeah, not, not in, yeah, in the box. Yeah, so that's like long-term NRFB kind of situation? <laughs> I don't have much air to begin with. <laughs> right. Buried alive or premature burial, live burial... Or vivis pulcher. So burying, bury, to entomb, intern, and inhume. 
Inhume. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've been watching some of those Inhumes on uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, geez. <laughs> uh, before 1000 A.D., Middle English Berin, Old English Bergen, to conceal, or Bjorgen. Bjorgen. <laughs> to hide, or protect, <laughs> or preserve. And it also comes from German Bergen or Old Norse Bjarga. Wow. That's to close. A, to close, to come mm-hmm. to an end. Yes. To, yeah. So that, that expire. is. Expire. Right. That's where the word bury comes from. To be buried alive with mead. <laughs> with mead. <laughs> <laughs> and the fear of being buried alive is taphophobia. So, Ta- taphophobia. Yeah. And it looks like taphophobia. Tap a hoe phobia. <laughs> yeah, it's like tap that hoe phobia. But it's T A P H O P H O B I A. Okay. Taff. It, it sounds Taft. like <laughs> it sounds like uh, the fear of tapioca pudding. Yes, it is, does. is what that sounds like. <laughs> okay. I've heard a lot of different rumors, okay, mm-hmm. uh, about several things. So, you know, certain things like, for instance, have you ever heard the term dead ringer? Uh, yeah. And like, what, what is that game? Horseshoes. Right. A dead ringer. Okay. Right. You, you, you throw the horseshoe. Uh, it rings the bell. Sure. It rings the, rings it, the. It, no, it lands right on the little stick. Yeah. 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 And it makes a ping. And right. And everybody dies. Well, you know, a, <laughs> a, a dead ringer, I, I usually uh, consider that as, you know, someone that looks like someone else. Right. So you That's look at someone. That's a doppelganger. Well, yeah. A doppelganger. Right? Uh, but that's what a, a dead ringer is. Okay. Right? Well, a lot of people uh, say that that term, dead ringer, somehow comes from the, uh, the, the, the bell. Have you ever, you want to get into that a little bit? Sure. About the, I don't uh, know what the hell you're talking about. The bell that people would ring when they died and they were buried. Oh, sure. Uh, I did hear about that. That's convenient. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so people have been afraid of being buried alive for a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, and one of like uh, one of the times where it really became a uh, a large fear was during the Victorian era. And the reason why it became such a, uh, a a fear was because our medicine started becoming a little bit better, and we started realizing that people can actually be buried alive. Like sometimes yeah. they are in comas. Sometimes people can, after a few days, you realize that they were just asleep or you know not not quite dead. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, I'm not dead yet. No, they're, they're mostly dead. Mostly dead. <laughs> mostly dead. Mm-hmm. True love. <laughs> so, yeah, the fear of the premature burial was r- widespread in the 18th and 19th century. Uh, so there was uh, several prizes that actually were given out in order to find a better way to decide how someone was dead. Oh. Uh, yeah, so, um, uh, you know, and we'll get into that a little bit later on, but uh, there was a, a person, uh, Dr. Adolf Goosmith of Sihon Atmark. Uh, Atmark is, uh, basically, it's Germany now. Okay. Uh, gotcha. It was in 1822. He designed a death-proof coffin. Ooh. Uh, or, or, not a death-proof, it's called the safety coffin. Is it like the safety dance? It is. You can dance if you want to. You can, you can die if you want to. You can leave your friends behind. You can. <laughs> but if you are dead, and then you're dead and you're no friend of mine. You're in the safety coffin. All right. Safety <laughs> coffin. <laughs> so basically, the safety coffin uh, 
It had a, a little tube that, you know, that, that went the entire six feet mm-hmm. uh, so that you could look out the tube. You could possibly crawl out of it. Oh, wow. Uh, you know, so you could get out and you could, you know, be passed food or supplied with food or water mm-hmm. or maybe, you know, some sort of, you know, something medical in order to try and help you. Okay. So it was like a thin, like a proboscis kind of tube, like an air hole, or was it uh, a, a like man-sized tube? It was like a big square tube that uh, went from the, the coffin all the way up to the surface. Okay. All right. So, uh, you know, some people are even buried with, you know, like in plexiglass or in glass. Right. So they can uh, get through it and get to the surface. Yeah, like sleeping booty. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> uh, Dr. Adolf uh, Goosemith he, uh, you know, he had several designs that he tried, a few of them uh, with a, the bell uh-huh. that would attach to your toe or to your wrist, right? Uh-huh. Uh, it would be a string that would run all the way out into the church bell. Okay. So that uh, if you woke up, you know, buried six feet under, you could move your arm and you would wind up ringing the church bell. But uh, oh, wow. typically church bells were so large at that point in time. That, uh, you know, that would be... Nothing would happen. Yeah. I mean, you would be kind of weak after being, you know, dead and not eating anything for three days. Right. And if the coroner botched your uh, embalming and everything and didn't cut all the tendons properly Mm -hmm. and rigor mortis sets in and then you constrict, you're still going to ring the bell. Right. Uh, So they uh, wound up designing one with a very much smaller bell. Right. Okay. One of the little cat bells. Right. Uh, And in fact, uh, Adolf Guzman, he decided at some point uh, to show off his safety coffin. Uh, he ate a meal while he was down there and buried. What? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's your pheasant on the half shell. Uh, please yeah. pass down the wine. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I know. Jesus. He like <laughs> dropped Can down. you pass the salt? Hey, hey up there. Can you pass the salt? He dropped down a picnic basket down the coffin hole. It's like roast beef again. Damn it. <laughs> He actually had a meal while he was down there of soup, beer, and sausages served through the coffin's feeding tube. Wow, the coffin had a feeding Damn. tube. Yeah, like I told you, the tube. Some were some are actually built with larger tubes that so you could actually crawl out. Yeah, but so they, is, it, is it like a dumbwaiter? Uh, yeah, I mean it's it's got a a big square tube where your face would be. Uh-huh. I mean, really, you, you could just open up your mouth and they could drop popcorn in it. I think. <laughs> I mean, from the way that the you know, know it. <laughs> is, that, is that how you want to go, Ryan? <laughs> with, with a popcorn hole? It's a dead waiter. Yeah. <laughs> oh! That was a knee slapper. Yeah. Uh, later on, some of them were built, uh, you know, with the, the hole in the surface of the grave with a ladder or a cord so that you could climb up if you wound up not being dead. You could ascend, ascend the ladder or you could ring the bell, uh, giving alarm and, uh, you know, thereby saving yourself from a from a premature burial. Hmm. Now, what I was talking about, the idea of the dead ringer, there is a myth, and I got this from the Snopes website. I know uh, a lot of people uh, don't necessarily like them recently, but... Mm-hmm. Um, but they do good work. I think so, too. But uh, so what I found out from the from the Snopes website is that, uh, is that basically the idea of the, of the dead ringer does not come from ringing the bell after your death, oh, and that really? idea of the safety coffin. A dead ringer is actually uh, comes from... Uh, the, like you would use a horse to cheat 
uh, and say it was another horse. So say if you wanted wanted to ring, win the Triple Crown or something like that. Sure. You would use a second horse that looks exactly like the first to try, try and win it because uh. it was fresh or something. You know what I mean? Something of that nature. I don't know much about horse racing. Right. I mean, right. you know, uh, I, have, I didn't do all my research about that. But uh, it does not come from the ring of the bell from the, from the wrist. Okay, so Dead Ringer comes from, uh, it harkens back to the change ringing. This was the team of bell ringers that played tunes on church bells. Uh, the, the ringer was originally the person arranging the fraudulent swap, okay? Uh, later it came to meant uh, so the substituted competitor. Uh, so, you know, dead would be in the sense of absolute or complete, you know what I mean? Gotcha. Like dead reckoning right. or, or, or dead right or dead ahead. Mm -hmm. So that's where your dead ringer comes from. Uh, so that being, you know, like uh, using a fake horse to try and win you know, the horse race or right. you know, something like that. So, gotcha. so, you know, substituting for someone who is fresh. Okay. You know, that would usually be, you know, the way of doing it. And right. not from the ringing of the bell. Gotcha. I just think it's really funny how, like, these, these little facts, you know, are misconstrued as something else. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You kind of have to go yeah. back and parcel through the, the, you know, like the different interpretations of it to find out what it actually is. Right. Of course. You know, it's like, a, like the idea of, like, saved by the bell. You know, a lot of people think as well that that... Is that 90s TV show? Right. And as well, like, the ringing of the bell to try and save you and, you know, dig you out. Uh, you know, but gotcha. it doesn't. That comes from, you know, boxing and being, you know, you're getting punched out, you know, and it's the end of the three-minute round. It dings. You're right. saved by the bell and you're ready for the next round. So you have two minutes to try and recover and recoup until you go back out there, you know... Uh, Adrian! Uh, Adrian! Yeah, to continue your pugilist ways. Right. <laughs> All right, so let me just run down just a few short lists that I found that sort of deal with some of the earliest accounts of being buried alive. In the first century, there's an account of one Simon Magus, the magician and religious figure. Well, uh, if your last name is Magus... Yeah. You're either a maggot or a magician. <laughs> sure. Uh, and he was you're both. You're yeah, both. You're both. You're probably both. You're you're a, a maggot magician. magician. Is is that like a is that like having a flea circus? Sure. I knew a guy who had a flea circus once. <laughs> he was reported to have been wanting to be buried in hopes of a miracle because he was in the same camp as a few other religious leaders at the time. So he thought what a great you know, shtick, if I bury myself and say this miracle is going to happen and I dig myself back up, boom, miracle, people will love me. It didn't turn out that way. Well, I mean, it sounds like it, it, it uh, didn't go very well for him. Right. So that's like the <laughs> earliest one I can find, but that's from the first century. And then there are reports through the 13th century where there was a, a Thomas A. Kempis. He was an author and it was said that when his body was being dug up to be moved into an ossuary or an ossuary, mm -hmm. which is basically after your body decomposes and you are just now bones, your bones are dug up and then put into a box um, or a little building or something. It's for areas that have very limited cemetery space. Yeah, like uh, it's the same thing that they have like down in New Orleans. Right. Right? That, exactly. You know, in the New Orleans graveyards, they... Mm -hmm. Uh, they kind of the they get boiled in the in the in the <laughs> right. Louisiana heat, and then yeah. the, you know, and then they put a, you know a fresh body on top, mm -hmm. you know, and like whole families' bones will be inside of those uh, estuaries. Is that what they are? 
uh, ossuaries. Ossuaries, not yes. estuaries. That's for birds, right? <laughs> exactly. But they dug him up, but they dug the body up to take the bones and put him in an ossuary. When they opened the coffin, they found what looked like claw marks and scratch marks on the inside of the lid. Mm-hmm. And they speculated that he probably wasn't all the way dead when they buried him. I'm not dead yet. <laughs> so can I... Yeah, go for it. Can I tangent real quick? Sure. Okay, so I have this great story. Uh, when I was working at... It has to do with ossuaries mm-hmm. and lots of bones. When okay. I was working at Home Depot, uh, the, Darren and I, my, my old sideshow partner, we got sent up to the roof to try and like hang a banner from the front, like see how we could do it and what we would be able to hang it from. Mm. Uh, so we got sent up to the roof. We go up there, you know, climb up the little ladder. We're up on the roof of the Home Depot. This is when we first met. Uh, we go up there and there's just bones up there like crazy, just mm. all over the place. Now, like uh, human bones? No, just like, you know, a whole bunch of, uh, a whole bunch of just bones all over the place. Like, you know, they look like bird bones. Okay. Um, now there are lots and lots of, uh, seagulls all over the place Mm, mm -hmm. so we go up there and i'm like holy smokes where did these chickens uh you know where are all these seagulls getting all these chicken bones from like i mean there's not like a kentucky fried chicken anywhere near here and darren looks at me (laughs) and was like you dumbass like (laughs) he's like the birds are dying or whatever and they're like you know like getting bleached and i'm like oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) nice so then uh from the 13th century, I found one from the 16th century where there was a Matthew or Matt who, uh, however you pronounce that, wall. Matt who? Well, it's, it's, it's Matthew, but it's it looks like Matt who. Good old Maddie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maddie. Hey, Maddie. What would you do, get buried? <laughs> It was thought that he had passed away, and on the journey to his internment in the coffin, uh, one of the pallbearers actually tripped and stumbled, and the other pallbearers followed suit and dropped the coffin. And Ugh. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of a, you know, that's bad form. Party foul. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, but dear old departed Matt who had been jostled in the coffin and apparently had bonked his head and he woke up. Well, that's good for him. Yeah. He, he uh, didn't have the premature burial. He woke up halfway there. Yeah. So he had, uh, was pounding on the inside of the coffin in the middle of this ceremony where the pallbearers had just, you know, by accident tripped and fell. And they open the coffin, and he is gasping for air. Well, I mean, I gotta imagine there's not a whole lot of air in there, right? <laughs> this is not. You know, you're, you're breathing it all up. <laughs> and a- after that, uh, Matthew lived many, many, many years and died his final death in 1595. So <laughs> he lived another, you know, 15, 20 years after he was dead. He, he got granted uh, a little extra time there. Mm-hmm. So throughout the, the history that I was looking up, there were accounts of 200-some cases uh, during the 17th century where this had happened, through the 18th century, and the 19th century. And the 19th century is where we get into stuff like what you were just talking about with the bells. Mm-hmm. This is where the whole innovative, let's build death-proof coffins and, and internment areas to make sure this doesn't happen repeatedly. 
Right. I mean, I, I, it is a scary fear, right? I mean, who, who wants to, I mean, literally you just are going to starve to death over, a, you know, a, 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 a long period of time. Yeah. Or if you're like Ryan, who's got the asthma, you right. know, <laughs> you won't even last till you starve. Yeah. No, I mean. Uh, ironically enough, uh, I've been reading, uh, I researched a lot of stuff recently and it turns out that uh, there's somebody that said that a normal healthy person uh, might have 10 minutes to an hour or six hours or 36 hours, but it depends on, well, basically it depends on who you ask. But the general consensus is usually that the smaller you are, the longer you'll last just because of air supply. Okay. You're, you're taking up less air inside the coffin. Exactly. But if you're large like me, I, I'd be toast. Um, but they said... <laughs> That, uh, it depends on how big your coffin is, man. Exactly, exactly. And it depends on how hot it is in that coffin with your toast or not, Ryan. <laughs> with your toast. <laughs> in, in fact, if you had one of those tunnels, they could pass some toast down to you. That's true. That's very true. But the problem, the, the bigger problem is, you know, of course, once you're buried, you know, the coffin really isn't really the issue. The, co- the issue is um, the weight of the earth. Uh, I mean, the out of the if you get out of the coffin uh because the dirt of course you know would fill your you know your mouth and everything else and mm. so it's um it's pretty amazing to me that people actually survive being buried alive now did you run off run over any uh, accounts where people actually clawed their way out of a burial site Ryan, um, I actually did. Well, it, it was um, it wasn't really dirt or a casket, but the story goes there was a dad and his son. They were working in the grain silo, and the the boy. Um, well, he wasn't a boy, but he was um, he was twenty three years old. Okay. But he was standing on some rotten corn on the top of the grain pile. Well, what happened was. The rotten corn that he was standing on it kind of created a kind of bridge, but it was hollow underneath. Hmm. Oh, so you're talking like, was, a, like an auger? Like it had like a... Like yeah, a, the auger, yeah. Yeah, so the auger was spinning at the bottom. That's that's spinning to be able to like pull it out to take it to whatever truck or thing it was loading on, right? Is that what you're talking it, about? Exactly. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Now, the issue was, um, now this was going on and he was, the sun was up top on, you know, on top and he was pushing down kind of breaking up the rotten corn mm-hmm. um, to get it to go down. And the bridge, the kind of like natural bridge that created from the rotten corn underneath his feet started to give way. Now, once it did, he started to get pulled under um, just by the four, I guess, you know, the grain was like quicksand, he said. Mm-hmm. So he started to go down in the corn, and the weight of it, he described it like, like, you know, tons of boa constrictors just constricting all around his body. Oh, wow. Just and squeezed um, right on him. Oh, yeah, exactly. It, the, the weight of it was really, you know, it started to crush him. He couldn't barely even take any air. But he survived several hours stuck under that grain. He started thinking about everything he would miss. He, you know, he started uh, just basically keeping himself busy by, you know, all he could do was think. He couldn't talk or anything else. Right. Filling his lungs seemed to take more strength than he had. Slightly swelling of his chest meant the unbending resistance of the mountain of corn pushing in from all around him. 10.32 in the morning, uh, just moments before driving away, Baker's father, he... um he left his, him a message on his cell phone. The, the father left, but he thought that he 
he forgot to call the son and find out if he got out of there okay. Mm. So he went back. It was 12.45. So, so you figure 10.32 in the morning, and then 12.45 was when they finally came and got him. Oh, wow. Yeah, they were. They started reaching around in the corn, and they felt him grab their hand. Oh, so he had some. He had some life left in him. Oh yeah, yeah. He he tried to say what he could. I mean, he said he basically just kind of stayed still and didn't move. Mm. Now, luckily, the auger wasn't on. I mean, I guess that would have eventually pulled him down, and that would have been that. Yeah, that would have chopped him up it, like, uh, <laughs> like one of those little <laughs> <yeah>. magic bullets. <laughs> oh, gross. But but it is possible. Uh, I mean, I guess it really depends. He said that um, he was told by the firefighters that had he been five years older or five years younger, he, he might not have been able to survive because five years older, his heart wouldn't have been able to take it, and five years younger, he wouldn't have had the strength. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, so he, was, I, he was like in his prime at like, tw- what was it, 23 or 24? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he was totally at his prime and was able to kind of just sit there in it. You mm-hmm. know, that's what they say about quicksand if you ever do get, you know, in quicksand is don't move. Right, Just right. St- stay right there, and you're not going to sink anymore. Right. You know? Yeah, exactly. Pan- panicking, I guess, is your enemy. I mean, if, if you're in that situation, I mean, chances are you're probably not going to get out. But <laughs> I guess you have a better a better chance if you if you stay calm. You 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 know, kind of reduce your air, Intake. reduce how much air you use, and and so on and so forth, and just kind of try to keep calm. But I guess keeping calm in that situation, I mean, how do you you know? Yeah, it's got to be a hard hard situation to stay calm in. Oh, yeah. So I think the closest that most people can come to being buried alive, right, mm-hmm. is, you know, on the beach, right? Okay. Well, no, think about, you know, you're, <laughs> you're, you're on the beach, you know, you know, you know hanging out, playing you, by the sand. You've had you're, you're a couple of your, six-packs. You're eating your sandwiches, sure. you know. So, but, you know, a lot of the time you're hanging out with kids and mm. kids, they like to bury their dad in the sand, right? Right. So you just lay there, you're falling asleep, you know, and your kid just starts shoveling sand on top of you and uh-huh. builds a big burial mound, you know, and most likely if he's a good kid, he's going to leave, you know, from the neck up. Sure. You know, not covered in sand. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, well, here's the thing is that um, you can, I mean, from... You know, that way, you know, you're just playing around. You're, you're probably fine. You're not mm-hmm. going to die. But there was a California man uh, who decided to dig a hole in the sand so deep uh, that he was killed from it. Hmm. Yeah. Is oh, this my like, God. Is this like that scene with uh, um, What's-His-Face in Creepshow? Uh, yeah. Uh, Leslie Nielsen and uh, Ted Danson, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yes. Creepshow is coming up entirely too much. Uh, I, I'm just saying, it's the this ho- Halloween season. This is a Halloween <laughs> episode, buddy. It's applicable. It's applicable. <laughs> <laughs> I can hold my breath for a long time. So uh, his name was Adam Pye. He was 26. So he was not much, uh, not much older than the guy that you were talking about with the grain silo. Mm. He was uh, on Francis State Beach uh, in California. And he dug a roughly 10-foot-deep hole, okay? How tall was he? Was he 10 feet tall? Uh, It doesn't say in the article that I'm reading it from (laughs) how how, how tall he is. But, I mean, obviously, you know, let's say, you know, your average man about, you know. About six feet. About six feet, maybe, you know, an inch or two shorter than six feet, something like that. I think I'm average, and I'm like 5'10 and a half. Right. And I'm I'm like literally like right there Mm. at average height. So let's say, you know, almost six feet. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's still four feet above his head. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So he literally dug a 10-foot hole, 
okay? How did he dig a 10-foot hole without the water, like, washing into the, the bottom of the, the hole? Well, he was on a, on a part of the beach that was, like, part of the campsite. Oh, so, so it was I, I think it's farther up from water yeah, level. Yeah, yeah, I think it was. Table. Yeah, it was way farther up from the water table. So, gotcha. Oh, okay. Uh, so it was about five thirty p.m. on a Monday uh, when he, you know, he was digging this hole. He'd been digging it for a while mm. when the sand started caving in around him. Uh, it caved in so quick and so fast that it literally started to crush him. Oh man! Um, oh, man. So, it's gotta be wet sand too, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it has to be damp at the very least. Wow. So. Immediately, Pi's friends started, and bystanders, frantically started digging, trying to dig him out. Uh, they called the fire department. Mm-hmm. The fire department showed up with shovels. Uh, they all started digging him out. All in all, it was about 40 different diggers trying to rescue Pi. They got him out within about 30 minutes, but by the time uh, they had got him out, uh, he had died on the scene. Wow. Yeah, so, I mean, he dug, you know, like I said, he was digging that hole in the campground area. You know, it was like... 10 to 15 feet from the water line. Okay. So... That's still... Once you get down to a certain level, you're at the water line. That's what I'm thinking. It's going to be... It's a triangle, basically. If you go up the beach at the water line, it's going to be, you know, your your amount that you go down, Mm -hmm. it's still going to be there. Well, I'm thinking it probably had a pretty wet bottom. Ah. So, and I think Pi had a pretty wet bottom by the time he came out of there. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Because he was covered in sand and water. And, uh, yeah, he didn't make it, man. Wow. You know, so uh, this man was buried alive on the beach, you know, accidentally. Voluntarily. His, yeah, volunt- <laughs> of his own doing. Yeah, I mean, you know, a, a, and he was only 26 years old. It's really quite a tragedy. And, in fact, I was looking up a, a little bit about, about, you know, digging on the beach. And, you know, here's a little public service announce- announcement. Mm-hmm. Uh you do not want to dig any deeper than you can get your hand inside. So if you're going to be digging, you know, and get your arm, rather your arm, that's what I meant to say. Mm-hmm. You don't want to dig any deeper than you, you can put your arm down. So oh, okay. I'd say maybe about three feet, So you know, for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No deeper than that because gotcha. uh, the sand could start collapsing in around you and you want to be able to climb out of that. Right, right. See, that would never happen to me because I'm way too lazy to be digging holes. Oh, so. man, I do that every single year. I, I dig down and all the way till I can get my shoulder in. And I like to dig down to you to hit that water. See, you know I, what I mean? And for me, being covered in sand, I hate that feeling. It's, it's, yeah. I'm totally like Anakin Skywalker. I hate sand. Yeah. <laughs> you stole it from me, man. It was right there. <laughs> Oh, let me float a let me float a pair over to you, Joe. Right, a, a really a really awful looking CG pair. <laughs> but yeah, no, I don't I don't like the the little mites that are in sand because they get on everything and it's just it's horrible horrible feeling. So props to you for letting Sammy do that to you. Oh, I hate it too. Oh, well, why do you do it? Because he's my kid, man. <laughs> I do. I get. I get. I get sand all in the niblets. You know what I mean? Just well, stay on his good. Just stay on his good side. That's all. Right. Exactly. Because <laughs> you go down and immediately jump in the pool and wash it all off. Right. Well, I do have another story. It is titled here uh, "Tale from Beyond the Crypt." It says that uh, let's see, Angelo Hayes in 1937. He was 19 years old, and said so he was uh, driving around his uh, local village on his motorcycle, and he hit a curb and his with speed, and I guess he was just going too fast, catapulted headfirst into a brick wall. Ooh. And oh, Christ. Yeah. <laughs> that's awful. Sorry. That's... Ryan's just like, yeah, that's, that's what happens it's when you do point. that. <laughs> just no emotion there, like, Ryan. Oh. No emotion there. 
<laughs> so um, his face was so disfigured uh, just by the accident that his parents were not allowed to view the body uh, before the burial. Um, so, you know, he, he was uh, pretty messed up, to say the least. And um, they declared the, him, uh, see, no trace of a pulse, and they moved him to the morgue. After in the morgue for three days, Angela was buried. Uh, so an insurance company got suspicious about a life insurance policy that his father take, took out on his son um, two months before the accident. So the inspectors had his body exhumed two days after he was buried to confirm cause of death. Um, and it inadvertently saved his life. Uh, when doctor removed his death shroud, his body was warm and his heart was beating faintly. Oh. Uh, it said after being immediately rushed to the hospital, Angela endured several operations on his crushed face and extensive rehabilitation before making full recovery. So that's pretty incredible. Wow. Instead of being buried, uh, it says uh, letting being buried ruin his life, Angelo used the traumatic incident to become somewhat a celebrity in France. Of I guess course. So. <laughs> yeah, so his legacy is creating a security coffin with a system to alert those above ground if you just so happen to be true, prematurely buried, along with everything nice. you would need to survive before rescue. So he basically ripped off of people who already made the, <laughs> the security coffin. You know. Yeah, but he, he had firsthand knowledge of the terrible act. And which is, that's incredible, though, that he, not only was he, did he survive being buried alive, but he survived while severely injured. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty incredible. Yeah, I mean, with your face smashed in, you know, on the wall. So did his dad know that he was going to, you know, run into the wall? I mean, you know what I mean? No, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, I guess he, maybe he just, you know, figured that he speeded a lot, I guess, on his motorcycle. And, mm. you know, maybe he just assumed that, you know, one day or another he was going to, smash himself you know maybe he's just really reckless and he wonder just another on that, that boy that boy is gonna trip on a, a a curb and smash his face in right <laughs> and be buried alive i always knew that guy was gonna fall down an elevator shaft one of these days <laughs> yeah when i pushed him i knew he was gonna fall down <laughs> that's a true story one of my friends fell down an elevator shaft was more, he was he buried alive no 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 he made a full recovery i just well, you know, when one of my other friends found out, he's that's exactly what he said. He, he said, I always knew that guy was going to fall down an elevator shaft <laughs> one of these days. Jeez. God. They're all people that's you a, know, Joe, probably, by the way. Probably. That's a lot of faith in your friend right there. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's going to meet a bad end. Well, thanks a lot. <laughs> right. Well, I've got, um, I've got another story. It's um, civil, from the Civil War era, actually. Oh, wow. Um, African American soldier. Well, um, you know, says well, yeah. African American soldier who was at Fort Pillow. Uh, I don't. I that Fort, sounds very comfortable to me. Actually, Fort Pillow. <laughs> Fort Comfy mattress with Egyptian cotton sheets. You know, right. So <laughs> Fort relaxed. <laughs> so <laughs> Fort, Fort. We're not going anywhere. We're staying in bed. Fort Tempur Pedic. Which, by the way, can I just say? <laughs> Tempur-Pedic, it always weirds me out because Tempur-Pedic seems like the only logo, uh-huh. like the only logo of anything uh-huh. that can have a butt on it. Really? <laughs> what? <laughs> wait, wait. They're not, they're not paying us. They're not paying us. So no, don't, no. Don't, yeah, don't, yeah. I mean, if we were going to be selling mattresses, Joe, it wouldn't be Tempur-Pedic. It, it would be a different one. <laughs> it definitely would be a different one. But, um, Without butts on them. But, I mean, it's like the only logo with butts. It's ridiculous. I, I just can't, I mean. No, it's rebutulous. 
It's rebutulous. It doesn't have dicks on it. It has butts <laughs> on it. <laughs> All right, Ryan. Uh, let's get back to Fort Pillow. Sorry about that. So Fort Tempur-Pedic describes... Um, Fort Dirty Pillows. <laughs> Fort Butts on Pillows. <laughs> All right, you got to tell me. Um, he describes the skirmish. Uh, he was a free slave who joined the army out of loyalty to the Union. Uh, so after a brave fight, the Union troops were overrun at the fort, and the Confederate soldiers began killing everyone in sight, uh, like you do. Mm-hmm. So many ran down to the river to hide, but most were found and killed or severely wounded. says that though a few managed to escape, the story's narrator was not one of them. He was wounded and then tossed still alive into a mass grave. Others were alive as well, and though wounded, they tried to claw their way out. The narrator managed to climb out of the grave, Waking in the hospital, their comrade who had just written a letter to his family died. The narrator hopes to be well soon, it says. I, I guess I'm just going back to the story. But he did survive. But, I mean, that, that brings the question to me, you know, I mean, what it would be like to not only be buried alive, but be buried alive with other bodies? Yeah, so it's, it was a mass grave. So this is like a ravenous kind of thing. Remember yeah, that? that's exactly what I was thinking when you said, you know, like a mass grave. Yeah, remember Ravenous, Ryan? Where, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he was, was like, licking me! <laughs> where he was tossed in that cart, like, underneath dozens and dozens of bodies. Yeah, I, I, oh, can't, even, awful. I can't even imagine the, the blood, pee, and poop flowing all around you, and you're still kind of alive. No, I mean, that's... Well, the smell. I mean, imagine the smell alone. Oh, yeah, that would kill me just by itself. Yeah. So, I mean, but he did He did survive, right? Oh, uh, yeah, he did. Um, the, the narrator did. They, they said there were other people in there with him. I guess he... I mean, think about how awful, though. I mean, not only... So, you're, you know, you're buried alive with them, but then you have other people that, you know, you're witnessing dying around you, which is even worse, you know, just, I mean, that guy, you know, if it wasn't the Civil War era, I mean, that guy would be in therapy for the rest of his life, you know, I mean, if that happened nowadays. <laughs> right. So you, you, you called just, him, you called him the narrator, like he's, uh, like he's, you know, like the alter ego, alter ego of Tyler Durden, right? <laughs> but what, I mean, is it from a story? Like, did he later on write a story? Well, it was um, a story from Harper's Weekly. What did he write it uh, anonymously? Harper's, it was a May 7th, May 7th, 1864 episode of, of, uh, or made an edition of that uh, Harper's Weekly. Right. So it was somebody who wrote an article. I guess he was the survivor that wrote the article. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. But we don't have a name for him. Uh, no, it just says uh, Black Soldier. Okay. okay. So he probably wrote it anom- an- anom- anonymously. Right. So, right. you know, he wouldn't, you know, be identified. <laughs> yeah, I wonder why. But, I mean, the, to me, the the thought of I think the creepiest thing to me is just the thought of the the I like how you told the story about the digging the hole because if you think about that how awful to to dig and dig and then you don't even realize how deep you're going and then you can't get out of the hole I mean that's to me that would not only be terrifying that would be incredibly insulting mm-hmm. <laughs> to your intelligence you'd be like okay even if I get out of this I'm never going to tell the story to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, like, during the Civil War, like, you know, I mean, there's so much chaos and craziness going on. Oh, yeah. And then on top of that, you are, you're just kind of chucked into a, 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 you know, mass grave. Like, that's, yeah, I can't even imagine, I can't even fathom waking up or, you know, still slightly being conscious, you know, and, and making your way out of that. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure that, that he probably had to crawl his, claw his way through some 
pretty nasty stuff. I mean, if you think about it. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awful. Yeah, it is awful. <laughs> and, and that's just one guy. You know, I mean, that's just one oh, guy's yeah. account. I mean, how many other people in that that time frame in that era went through something similar? You know, whether, oh, I'm sure it happened probably more than you know anybody would want to admit, but I'm, I'm sure that happens pretty that happened pretty often then. I'm sure. Right, right. That's terrible. Hey, listeners, how many times has this happened to you? You're scrolling through your iTunes podcast list, and all you see are all these shows with structure and formats and complicated setups. Why, I just want to listen to a podcast. I can't choose from all these complicated structures and setups. You want to listen, not think. That's why there's Hobo Radio. Hobo Radio, a podcast with two guys just shooting the breeze. Oh, this doesn't take any intellectual thinking at all. Thanks, Hobo Radio. You'll feel like the smartest guy in the room in a room by yourself. Hobo Radio, a weekly podcast on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network. How to survive. Let's see. Let's try that. Oh, are we going to do a PSA, Ryan? <laughs> Should you be buried alive? What the actual crap, man? <laughs> That's what I would say. What the actual crap. Should you find yourself buried alive, what the hell? Really? Oh, Ryan, <laughs> Ryan. Uh, yes. just so you know, uh, you are allowed to cuss on the podcast. Just in oh, case okay. Just I in was, case you wanted to. I'm not saying I you have to. I was trying to deal with that tenderly, you know. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm just saying it, you don't have to. It's not mandatory, but if it comes <laughs> out and it, it feels right, you're okay to do, this, do so. The gloves are off, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> How to survive being buried alive in a coffin? Uh, in a first, what? don't panic. Yeah. Oh, in a coffin? Yeah, in a coffin. Okay. So, what really scares me? I apologize. I just want to bring it back for a second, but yeah, it's not, yeah, yeah. not just being buried in the coffin because they put the coffin inside of a tomb, right? Inside of a crypt. What, what is that thing called? It's a tomb. Well, it's a monster. It, it depends on where you are. Right. You could be, you know, inhumed into the dirt. Mm-hmm. You could be in a mausoleum. You could be in an actual above-ground tomb. It, so it really depends on your beliefs. Yeah, but what your... are the big concrete things that they put your coffin into? That's a mausoleum, right? No, no, like that go underground. Is that a, That's a tomb, right? Yeah, that would be a Sarcophagus. tomb. Sarcophagus. Oh, that's what I'm thinking of. So you're talking like the pharaohs. No, no, no. It's like a big <laughs> concrete <laughs> sorry, thing they sorry. put in the ground. Yeah, only if you're like irradiated. Not like a lead-lined tomb, like like they're in, interning Superman. Okay, I, I'm just. What are you talking? That's not a normal thing. That, that is, is a normal thing. No, absolutely. It, when I die, I'm not going to get entombed in a. Uh, they just don't throw your a, casket in the ground. They put it inside of a of a concrete structure. Do they? Yeah, I don't think they yeah. do that. Yeah, they do. Are you yeah. serious? Yeah. In which case, you're really screwed then. Yeah, yeah, that's no, what I'm saying. I can't break out. No, you're screwed unless you have like a food tube. A food yeah, tube. Yeah, bury me, bury me with a drill, you know, like a hydraulic power drill. Or <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, some I'm sort have of a long a, list of crap I want to be buried with. Some uh-huh. sort of jackhammer. <laughs> One of those little rock hammers from Shawshank. 
<laughs> he worked that thing to a nub getting out of there. <laughs> it only took Dufresne five hours. No, it was, it was more than, it was like 20 years. It was 19 years. Was it 19 years? It was 19 years. Oh, God, if I survived 19 years being buried alive, I would be a god, man. I'd be like, God. Crawl. I'd be totally like walking around, but yeah, I can handle this. Crawl through river shit and come out clean on the other side. <laughs> All right, let's, let's get back to the PSA. Okay, yeah, yeah. We've, we've, we've strayed far enough. All right, PSA. Go ahead, Ryan. Well, first rule, uh, if you're buried alive, is don't panic, which is probably the stupidest rule because who's not going to panic if you're buried alive? But it does say that, seriously, panicking will drastically reduce the time you have to work yourself out of the jam. So you'll use up your oxygen quite quickly, obviously, and uh, let's see. It says you could typically, typically survive for one or two hours before using up oxygen. So if you don't panic, of course, you increase it. Uh, now it says from there, there are a few things you might do depending on your apparent situation. First, check what you have on you. Um, it says increasingly people are buried, uh, burying other people with their cell phones. I don't know why this it occurs. I, you is know, that, I would sell the thing on eBay, but is you that know, a thing? Is that a I thing guess that, so. It, it says, uh, it says that's a thing. I don't, do you, have you heard of that? No. Look, I've gone into a few caves, uh-huh. uh, you know, just not spelunking or anything, but like the... the skirplunking? The, yeah, skirplunking, you know, into some <laughs> caves, and you get no reception down there. This is true. No reception in caves. <laughs> so I can't imagine that, you know, being buried six feet under dirt, you're going to get, you know, a whole... I guess you could text. Maybe well, you could text and hope it went through in two hours? Well, here's the thing. Even when I was in uh, West Texas uh, a month or so ago, going into the back cave that I went into... Uh, video to follow shortly. Uh, there was no reception in the Batcave, and this is—it's not even in the earth. It's just within rocks. Yeah, and you would think that Batman would fix that. Uh, you would hope. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you would be able to play Tetris until you died. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's something. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so make sure you have a bunch of apps, maybe Netflix, you know. Mm-hmm. Watch Buried Alive. There you go. Sure. That's the perfect time. It's so literal. That would be the perfect time to watch that movie. <laughs> so It's af- like 4D. <laughs> so after being buried alive with or without your cell phone, then what would happen after that, Ryan? I would think that you would you would call on your uh, your your experience uh, and training from Pi May. <laughs> sure. Right? Yeah. You could. I guess you could MacGyver something out of the cell phone if you were MacGyver, you know. But. Um, because, uh, you know, chances are, it's, of course, it says, you know, the cell reception would be a factor. And like Chris said, you know, I mean, that uh, that probably wouldn't be working very well. So it says if your cell doesn't work, oh, it's actually, actually it says it's kind of funny. Uh, don't have a cell phone if your relatives were too cheap. <laughs> they, buried you in a nice, they buried you in a nice flimsy coffin, uh, the best case scenario. So a flimsy coffin is good. Uh-huh. However, it says... Given the weight of six feet or so of earth above you, your coffin might have already caved in one place or another. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a good thing. If this happened, you're literally almost home free. Unless you are really short, then you have a bit more work to do. <laughs> so if you're short, you um, you're you know you get the short end of the stick. Right. Uh, that was me slapping <laughs> my knee. Um, so now you take off your shirt. Uh, it says that taking off your shirt, pulling it over your head. So it comes inside out and does not come all the way off. Think hockey fight. So that your shirt is basically now just inside or over your head. Um, so you tie it off until it's sealed, which 
to me sounds ludicrous, but it says that is that more like a, more like a mask over your face to keep the dirt out. Exactly, it's kind of okay. like uh, it's kind of like your head bag so that you you don't breathe in dirt. Gotcha. Yeah, uh, you're you're creating like a like a like a like a like a sock puppet uh, diving bell kind of thing. Okay. Right. Gotcha. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Because that's what they said is one of the biggest issues with crawling out is, of course, you know, breathing, uh, breathing in dirt and then suffocating on the dirt. Right. Um, now, it says if it hasn't been uh, breached in the way, use your leg kick an opening somewhere in the coffin, which I can't imagine how hard that would be with all the dirt in on it. Yeah. Um, and no leverage whatsoever. To, exactly. So it's uh, – and, and, of course, you know, would expend more air. Anything – any kind of exertion, you know, would uh, bring you closer to death. So it says – the best place around the middle of the coffin, which is usually the weakest point in terms of being able to hold weight. Best to keep your head and torso close to the opening. Make sure you don't accidentally get stuck in the coffin uh, where you can't move because of the dirt. Um, right. says if you are buried in a typical cheap coffin, it wouldn't actually be that hard to breach its weight as the weight above the earth will already be bowing the top board quite a bit. Once you have successfully breached, let's get uh, past all that, use your legs and hands to push the earth coming in towards the edge of the coffin. Fill the coffin as much as possible with dirt, packing it in without losing the ability to get to be able to get your head and torso out of the hole head first. So once you pack in as much dirt as you can, simply get your head near the breach and use all your strength to stand with your arms straight up. You may need to make the breach bigger or so, or it's weird that, you know, as I'm reading this, I got to say, just take a second and say that, um, it, I just keep thinking of Bear Gorillas doing like a show from inside a coffin. Oh, Bear Gorillas? <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, I can just picture Bear Gorillas being like, don't worry if you're in the coffin. <laughs> oh, come on. No, he wouldn't do that. There's no fish eyeballs or anything that he can eat. <laughs> you know what I mean? This while, is while he's in that coffin. Right. He could teach it. He'd be like, well, and if you have some night crawlers, you can make some good night crawlers too. You know, right inside the coffin. Just use it. Um, mid, mid crawl out, you just pause to make night crawler stew. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? Yeah, if you're hungry, you know, you might want to have a little bite before you do all this heavy lifting, you know. Yeah, or you could use the night crawlers as like some sort of like uh, uh, snorkel, you know? Yeah. <laughs> You suck out all the nightcrawler poop, and then you use them as a, a straw or a snorkel? Well, if you think about it, the, the nightcrawlers are probably sitting there just waiting for you to die. So they're just going to be like, go to sleep, man. It's all good. <laughs> right. just, goes... just quiet. <laughs> Hush your sleepy yeah. little eyeballs. Let it go, man. Let it go. <laughs> exactly. Just just let go. <laughs> so basically what they're, what they're saying is you want to sort of inch your way into a sitting position pack in the coffin with dirt and then slowly start to like make a path for yourself upwards. Right. Exactly. And, and the biggest issue, uh, once you get out of the coffin, they said is the weight of the dirt and asphyxiation, uh, because of course, you know, you're, you're not able to expand your lungs as much as you have all the weight of the dirt uh, right. pressing against you. So, and of course you're breathing into this. I mean, you really have, you don't have much time. I mean, time is really your enemy right. because air supply versus how much time you have. So I guess it's kind of like, you know, you just you make a go of it and you either get stuck in the middle of the ground and they find you in an uncompromising position or you manage to break uh, break ground and be able to breathe. I guess it really depends on how um, how expensive your coffin was right. and how far down in the dirt you are. So uh, what I'm going to basically do is... 
I think I'm just going to be buried um, maybe a foot down. <laughs> <laughs> Posthumously, uh, like a foot down. In a cardboard down. coffin. Let's, let's not do this whole six feet thing. In a cardboard coffin. <laughs> with a with a saw and you know with some tools, you know, just bury. You know what? Actually, just bury just me. Don't on the, bury me. Yeah, just bury me on the couch. Just, <laughs> just don't bury me. Just bury don't me. bury me at all. <laughs> right. Just prop me in a corner somewhere. Well, there's a lot of people. A lot of people with fears of being buried alive are actually asked to be cremated. Uh, that is definitely a thing that is, uh, you know, become more. Yeah, but you can't. More common. You can't claw your way out of cremation. No, you can't. <laughs> Absolutely not. And I mean, I myself, I want to be chummed. <laughs> okay, yeah, okay. Joe, is your way back from hell? Is that a, is that yeah. a sexual thing? I don't, <laughs> no, no, I want to be chummed. Like, uh, like for like for shark fishing? Well, yeah. <laughs> Just break out the wood chipper. Grind. He me wants up. to contribute something to the environment. Exactly. Grind me up into into a nice slurry, and take me out in a boat, and just chuck me over the the side as you guys are you know going back to shore. That's all I want to do. Yeah, that's a that's a little gross. I can't claw my way back from that either, but at least I know where I'm going. You know what? For some reason, I have this picture of some like low budget horror movie where you. Chum yourself, you get fed to the sharks, and your spirit inhabits the sharks, and then they get all evil and stuff. See, that was my original hope. Yeah, it's, so it's... you should you should totally copyright that immediately. <laughs> DM. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, that was my original hope, is, is, is uh, my, my heart will go on inside of a, I don't know, maybe a, a Greenland shark or something. Well, actually, this is not really buried alive, but um, as far as uh, as far as death goes and what I want after I die, I had kind of a funny idea just because I, I, I want to go and, and have it be memorable. So I figure I want to be encased in, you know, one of those uh, fortune-telling things where you put the quarter in, you know, the carnivals and things like that. You want to be big. I want to be, well, I want to be... be Zoltan. I want to <laughs> have, yeah, exactly. I want to have my body... Made into an uh, uh, animatronic kind of marionette. Sweet. So that I can actually, you can go to my grave and visit me, and I can give, you know, tell your fortune or just talk to you, have a conversation, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I basically, I'll, I'll spend probably a few weeks before I die. And this is all if I know I'm going to die. I mean, I guess if I die suddenly, you know, I'll have to have it all written down. But I'll have to <laughs> pre-record all my responses. So of course. <laughs> so, so start you working uh, on that now. <laughs> start working on it now. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, uh, first, you know, my, my first thing is, uh, you know, please have some respect, you know, get off of me. or You know, like, uh, <laughs> top my body's underneath, you know, or something. <laughs> You're standing on my balls, you know. Yeah, sure. So I, <laughs> I wanted to talk a little bit about, uh, about, I mean, we all know or have heard of Awake before, right? Yeah, it's, it's yeah. A, mm-hmm. after a boat passes you. And the water that... The water rushes it, yeah. Sure. No, yeah. I'm talking about yeah. uh, awake uh, after a death. Yes, so, you, you become awake. W- oh, Joe, you're really messing me up here, buddy. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> let's, just, let's just go with it. Let's just flow. Okay. Let's see what happens. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> let, let, you know what, Joe? Just be quiet for a second. Let me talk to Ryan. Ryan, have you ever heard of awake before? You know, I, uh, I have. I've, okay. I've unfortunately been in a few. Right. So, you know, the idea of awake uh, is, you know, to, to spend time with the family after someone's death, uh, you know, and you have 
kind of like a reception, very much like at a wedding or something like that, so that you hang out with the family, you discuss things uh, that, you know, when, uh, about how uh, the, the person lived their life, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, the entire reason behind the wake and it existing is because uh, at, we didn't have very good scientific measurements to tell whether someone was alive or not. So uh, it was traditional to have a wake uh, go spanning about three days or so to make sure that the person wasn't in a coma and eventually wound up waking up. I mean, that's the whole reason why we have a wake in the first place. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah. And traditionally, you know, you would... You would sit, uh, you, you would have someone, you would put a table over top of them and you would put, you know, uh, you know, your, your alcohol would be sat on top of it. And then, you know, uh, eventually, you know, a, a lot of the things that it would do, it would kind of mask the smell, you know, first off, if someone started, uh, you know, putrefying, you know, uh, but also, you know, a lot of the people would sit around and, you know, of course, drink, you know, not only to drown their sorrows, but also to be able to do something to spend the time. Because if you're sitting there watching for someone to eventually wake up, you know, whether you don't know whether it's going to happen or not and crying over their body because you're upset, you know, you want something to pass the time. And alcohol is a, definitely a good thing to uh, to. to to, to kind of let that work. Oh, it's definitely, uh, I got to make sure I have one of those things. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. But, uh, you know. Like just, just sit me in the chair over there for a little while, you know, a few days. So like we were talking about, the 19th century, a lot of people were very scared of being buried alive. So uh, a toxicologist by the name of Pietro Mani, he established something called the Prix Mani. Or is that the Pre-Mani? Mm-hmm. P-R-I-X? Yeah. Uh, he donated... 1,500 gold francs to the Academy of Science as a prize to anyone who could come up with a worthy uh, way to identify signs of death. Because at the time, we didn't really know. You know, someone would just stop moving and pass out, and you would think they were really dead. You know? So we didn't we didn't do the the mirror test or or check for for a pulse or we didn't do that stuff before then. Well, that's what they were trying to come up with. You know, uh, oh, an, an actual like method to to see if someone was dead. Exactly. Okay. Now there were lots of different entries. Uh, uh, some of them were you know sc- pouring scalding water over people's body. Uh, I think that would wake you up. Or, well, yeah, I think so prove. too. But uh, I mean, imagine if you're literally uh, comatose, where you, you know what I mean? You mm-hmm. could not wake. Right. You know, uh, that's yeah. that's not going to you know necessarily wake you up. Uh, right. People, uh, they lit people's noses on fire. What? Yeah. Wait, wait what? Yeah. <laughs> it was a, I mean, it was a way. Okay. Uh, Corpses were injected with ammonia to see if they produced an inflammatory result. No, that'll just kill oh, you. I yeah. mean, that ammonia will just straight up kill you if you're injected with it. Yeah, well, I think they didn't inject it into your veins. I think they injected it just into like your, your, your topical skin. Like your fatty bits? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, your fatty bits, Joe. <laughs> Sometimes fingers were chopped off. What? In, a, in an effort to try and shock the body back to life. No shit, that would shock the body back to life. Well, you would think if you were actually able to, you know, to, you were not oh. in a coma and well, actually yeah, yeah, able yeah. to be awake, right. you know, that, that would do it. So here's some, uh, here's some really kind of crazy and wacky ones. Okay, okay. go for um, it. Uh, there was a Professor M. Weber. Uh, he was a dubious winner at one point for, uh, he said to wake someone's body, you would rub prickly bushes over the corpse's body and basically, you know, scrape it with prickly bushes. Okay. Um, is this in the 70s? Uh, no, this is like in, I mean... Different kind of prickly bushes. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. Right, oh sorry. no. No. Wrong. I mean, yeah. Th- no. This was uh, uh, in the 1800s. Gotcha. So I was really hoping to say the 1870s, but it mm. wasn't. It was like another 50 years before that. <laughs> so uh, he claimed that rubbing a dead body's skin would take on a parchment-like texture. But after the prize commissioners attempted to replicate te- his technique and found it unreliable, uh, they uh, only gave him an honorable mention uh, and didn't give him the entire grand prize. Gotcha. Uh, Leon Colling, Col- C-O-L-L-O, N-G-U-E-S. Kalungs? Kalings? Sure. Leon Kalings? Mm -hmm. He believed that a physician's own body served as the best instrument, so he would take the dead person's finger and stick it in his own ear. What? Hoping that the involuntary twitches would would cause like a buzzing or some sort of sound uh, inside his ear to, you know, be able to hear whether that person was alive or not. So he gave himself a wet willy with a dead man's with finger. With a dead man's finger. That's right. weird. Yeah. A dead man's willy. <laughs> oh. yeah, that's, that's wrong. That's even grosser. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't stick that willy in his ear, you know. Here, I'll tell you the next one in French. It's pince mammalion. Mm. Do you have any idea what this technique might in, uh, include? Uh, something mammal? Uh, it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This technique would be pinching the corpse's nipples. Oh. Oh, yes. hello. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> it was Jules Antoine Josette. He was the nipple pincher. Uh, <laughs> the dreaded nipple pincher. The theory was that if one applied clawed forceps to a body's nipples, a you know a dead person's nipples, sure, a live person's body would be ap- would absolutely respond. Uh, the uh, thesis wasn't necessarily true, though. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, given a a corpse a a purple nurple, I don't know if that's going to work. Right. He, <laughs> he 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 later refined the technique to uh, to uh, uh, use pinpricks on the nipples ah. uh, a little bit later after, you know, the pinching didn't quite work. Okay. So uh, there is also cranking the corpse's tongue. Uh, a Dr. Uh, J.V. Labourette, he suggested that a sensitive body part, uh, like the tongue, right. uh, of a supposedly dead person, if they were to crank it back and forth, an asphyxiated person could possibly clear uh, airways. Mm-hmm. And he claimed that the rhythmic cranking might bring someone back to life. <laughs> so, really, I mean, it seems like he might have been onto something, and you know, like possible, you know, the idea of CPR, right? Or the and clearing the, the airway before right. you tilt, you know, that that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, another technique would be administering administering an electric shock to a corpse's eyes and lips. What you can you can wait, wait, wait. you can actually administer electric shock directly to an eyeball. Well, yeah. I mean, you just need uh, two electrodes and boo, done, right? Okay. So they thought that this pipe might possibly, you know, wake someone who they thought was dead. Oh, this one's really, really good. A German scientist, I I just have his last name, is um, Middelhorf. And his idea was to plant a flag into a corpse's heart. A, f- a flag. Yes, by taking a very long needle that was... He's a- declaring national... <laughs> <laughs> and right. <a> sovereignty. <laughs> I claim this heart for Germany. Nine. Um, <laughs> that is ridiculous. He took an extremely long needle that was attached to uh, to a flag, mm-hmm. and the idea was, is by plunging it 
uh, into the person's heart. If their heart was beating, you would be able to see the flag move. Mm. So it's the oh, idea wow. that okay. a little bit of movement down here is going to move it greatly up oh, at the up other the end. Top. Okay. Right? You know, so that's kind of uh, that. Kind of like a fisherman's lure. Yeah, yeah. Right, like or a, bob a fisherman's bob. bob. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Interesting. So now what happened with him is that uh, uh, he was at a children's hospital uh, when they had a, a, a woman's body uh, that was declared dead. Uh, but he decided to try the plunging the needle into her chest technique. And the family claimed that the doctor actually killed her by using this technique. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, and he was hounded by the press for some time after, after the incident. Wow. Um, I have another one that is really cool. Now, I've heard about this one uh, having to do with drowning. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, <laughs> possibly one of the uh, most infamous ways was to uh, give the body a tobacco enema. Oh, well, of course. Right. Have you have you ever heard about that one, Ryan? No, I have. I'm not actually. No. Have you ever heard of the of of the um, colloquialism, blowing smoke up someone's ass? I, I have heard that. <laughs> uh, this is where that I comes from. I have done from. that. <laughs> You've blown smoke up someone's ass. <laughs> yes, I have. That's gross, Ryan. I don't necessarily want to know about your kinks, buddy. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the there was uh, the method was described as uh, you, you're basically taking a pipe. Mm -hmm. um, you know, thinking of like a Shawshank pipe, not Shawshank, mm -hmm. Shankshaw mm -hmm. pipe, and uh, you're basically putting it up there and blowing, uh, blowing smoke. Uh, and when the pipe was inserted uh, into the deceased's anus, uh, the tobacco enema was was given, and hopefully that would bring them back to life. The stimulating tobacco. Oh. Right. Well, that's uh, why I. That's exactly why I did it. Of course, it was just medical research. It was oh, med sure. And I understand that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, typically, typically <laughs> this was done with drowning victims. Uh, and in fact, some of the time they would have the the tobacco pipe. They would have it like at the uh, at the side of of rivers, mm -hmm. and they would have it like in a glass case. You know, similar to like, like a lifeguard. Yeah, uh, yeah, donut or whatever. Yeah, and, and it would be to try and bring someone back to life. But they would so, also do this in mortuaries to make so, sure that someone was actually dead. So they had lifeguard donuts and butt pipes. Exactly. Yeah. Sweet. You know, and then of course you know your your safety coffins and things mm -hmm. like that to make sure that someone was was actually dead. And then uh, the 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 gentleman uh, that I was talking about that actually won it was the was the at the top of the hour when we were talking about the man who made the safety coffin. Mm-hmm. So he was the one who actually... He was the actual winner. Oh, okay. Yeah, right of the... Oh, of cool, the, cool. Of yeah, the yeah. pricks many. Mm-hmm. Pri many. I should stop saying pricks. <laughs> so uh, have you guys heard of a, of a gentleman by the name of Harry Houdini? Uh, yes. Okay. Um, he, uh, of course, is a famous mu musician. <laughs> musician? I mean, uh, magician. <laughs> there you go. Holy smokes. That was... Ooh. Slip of right. the tongue. So editing, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh, geez, that's awful. Okay, so uh, the the story goes that around 1915, Houdini wanted to try this buried alive escape stunt. Okay, right. so apparently, sometime between 1915 and 1920, he did try to 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 make this happen. In fact, there are a few uh, different billboards, not billboards, but like a uh, playbills mm -hmm. showing him. Escaping from escaping from a few different buried alive uh, events. Okay. okay? Uh, however, even though they made them, he never actually performed them live in front of anyone. Oh wow! Uh, they were all kind of tests. One of the ones uh, was him being, uh, you know, being buried in a giant sarcophagus mm -hmm. with a tiny casket that he would be straitjacketed into, and then they would pour 
tons and tons of sand on top of him in mm. it. Now, apparently he attempted this a few times uh, with just, you know, his crew, mm. uh, but never actually performed it a lot, you know, live in front of anyone before because of the, you know, the, the terrible time that he had with the it. The difficulty. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, apparently he just didn't feel like he, he could actually perform it. Um, then there was a few different, uh, a few different escape stunts that, you know, with this being buried alive that he decided to do it, uh, in a, in a pool out in California. Okay. Uh, where he found a you know a waterproof coffin, mm-hmm. and uh, and was dunked into a pool, and you know got out of it. Very similar to his uh, what is it, the, the milk, milk can? Jug. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But but inside of the coffin. The problem is is that he wound up actually passing away before he was ever able to completely finish this. Wow. Now the, wow. Yeah. Now the story goes, however, that the coffin he was actually buried in was his coffin from the buried alive stunt hmm. that he never used and he was actually buried in that in that uh in that that actual coffin nice wow nice. my question is did anybody tweak his nipples before he was in the ground uh, i uh i i mean possibly or blow smoke up his ass yeah <laughs> uh, he blew well, smoke up a lot of people's asses I mean, was there I any ass that. smoking <laughs> that's i can say houdini blew up blew some smoke up a lot of people's asses in his lifetime I can tell you that. Now, a philosophical question I'd like to raise at this point is, now, if you end up burying yourself alive inadvertently, Mm -hmm. is it still considered suicide? I don't know. I don't know. If you did it by accident, uh, then no. If you did it on purpose, then yes. I mean, like, like, like Houdini, like in his case. I mean, he intentionally buried himself. I mean, so... Well, he wanted to, yeah. So I, I would definitely. Argue. I would definitely say this isn't suicide. I would say it would be ruled an accident because yes. because he was he was attempting to get out of it. He right. wasn't planning. Oh, that's true. Right? Yeah, that's true. So yeah, it's, right. It's all about the intention, the right. intent, and yeah. the and the end result is I am still alive. You know, whereas yeah, good point. You know, if it, if it was a mishap or an accident, then yeah, that's bad luck of the draw. Bad luck, of, yeah, in spades, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the worst luck you could have. Okay, so, uh, you know, a, a good couple years later in 1949, uh, there is a gentleman by the name of Alan Allen. He is a 24-year-old magician at the time from Manchester, and he decided that since Houdini never got a chance to do his Buried Alive stunt in front of anyone, mm-hmm. that he himself would bury himself, uh, well, not he himself would bury himself alive. Jeez, I'm <laughs> such an idiot sometimes. He decided that other people would bury him alive and he would uh, get out of it. Now, he did this with handcuffs on. He wanted to, to, to try and get out of this, but he didn't do it with the straitjacket because he decided to be buried alive naked in the grave. Oh, hachimachi. Uh-huh, and Easy attempt to escape. Twisting. And it was basically to celebrate the anniversary of the death of the famous escape artist Houdini. Mm. Uh, however, something went terribly wrong uh, because, uh, and, and there's actually video of this happening. You, oh, really? There's, well, I mean, it's a film reel okay. of, of it happening. Now, uh, I, I've watched the video. Mm. Uh, what I find extremely bizarre about this, so he gets into the grave, okay, mm-hmm. and on top of him, all they do is throw like a chunk of cardboard. Oh, Weird. And that is all that's between him and all the dirt. What? So there's right. n- there's no like support structure. There's no or... support structure. They literally just throw a piece of cardboard over top of him. Oh wow! Uh, he he is buried alive for approximately five and a half hours. Oh jeez! Uh, wow! So I, I'm sorry, not five and a half hours. That that is, 
Um, if you're buried alive for approximately five and a half hours, that's when you die. So although he is known for many, many, uh, many, many magic tricks, mm -hmm. okay, he was not known for, for this one uh, because, I mean, you know, first off, it was Houdini's, and second off, uh, he didn't make it. He didn't get out. Right. Uh, you know, his wrists were tied with, with rope. Uh, they threw the cardboard on top of him. They threw a whole bunch of dirt on top of him. They waited for a while until, uh, you know, he basically could not make it out. He didn't come out. Uh, and, you know, people got worried. Mm -hmm. uh, they started digging him up, and uh, he was immediately sent to the hospital and he actually was able to survive this oh nice so right. unlike uh simon magus from the first century he survived yes and yes. uh in fact he didn't pass away until uh the fourth of july 2014 so oh, fairly nice. recently oh wow yeah he you know he was he was he was alive the whole time nice. uh and i'm assuming he got buried a second time at that point <laughs> so there and are he didn't escape from that Right. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't escape from that. Uh, I, I got news for you. Nobody's going to get out of this alive. No. I mean, it's been tried by several people. David Blaine actually was buried under, you know, uh, a big gigantic tub of water, right. so people could look down into uh, into it. I believe he was buried for se like seven days. Right. So, I mean, what what have we learned through this episode? Is don't try this. Yeah, don't bury yourself alive. Yeah, I think, that, I think that's, that's, yeah, that's the takeaway is if you're planning to do a buried alive stunt, don't. <laughs> Just don't. <laughs> the, the, the one magician that I was thinking about that tried to, and this was out in California, tried the buried alive stunt, mm -hmm. his name was Joseph Burris. And, and that happened in 1999. Uh, uh, but except for just doing it under dirt, he said that was, you know, that was too little. He decided to be play. Yeah, he decided <clears throat> to be buried under seven tons of cement. Oh, uh, oh my was, god! Yeah, was put on top of his homemade coffin. Uh, there is footage of this stunt as well, and I'll make sure I put this all in the show notes. Mm. This coffin is actually made out of plexiglass, but you can see when they're putting on the seven tons of cement. Hold on, wait, wait, wait. Plexiglass, wow. plexiglass coffin, and seven tons of cement. Right. Something is missing here. Well, what's missing <laughs> is, uh, is is uh, is uh, Joseph Burris's life. Yeah, exactly. Uh, because what happened was uh, eventually the plexiglass broke. Yeah. And all the cement and dirt that was on top of it flooded. Flooded in. Flooded in, and he was not able to get out. By the time they wound up digging him out, he was expired, completely mm -hmm. gone. Mm. So, uh, wow. you know, he was uh, buried prematurely, and uh, and eventually it was no longer premature. I, I mean, wow. See, when you're planning something like this, where's the guy that says, okay, what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, the physics be behind a plexiglass <laughs> coffin and seven tons of cement. Like, where's the guy doing the numbers on that? Because that doesn't, that doesn't add up. Well, I mean, I've done lots of different stunts on stage, okay? Yeah. But everything that I do is practiced uh, ahead of time. Right. You know, I do dangerous things. I swallow swords. I breathe fire. I mm. practice it over and over and over again. And I bet you that he did not practice putting seven tons of cement on him. Because yeah, yeah, no, no, no. how can you practice that? But my point is, is that, you know, even though, you know, okay, some, you know, he had somebody, you know, throw a foot or two of dirt on top of him tried it and he was able to get out and then mm. just went for the seven tons of cement. I mean, it's zero to 60, man. That's what I'm talking about. You know what I mean? You're, you, you know, you're, you're, it's just not going to hold up. That right. plexiglass is going to crack. Right. You know? Well, there was a, what was the old vaudeville joke? Um, my uncle once jumped 30,000 feet into a pail of water. 
jump 30,000 feet in a pail of water. No one can do that. He did it once. <laughs> he right. did it once. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. All right, gents. Do we have any? Uh, do we have any uh, pop culture references we want to talk about? Well, I mean, the one that really stems to mind for me is, of course, uh, Kill Bill. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, there was a buried alive s- right. situation. Yeah, like the that. bride, as she's known, uh, or I don't. I don't want to spoil it. I mean, you know, it's a, like a twenty-year-old movie. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. But you know, the bride is. Uh, you know, she is, is buried alive by. Uh, by one of the one of the members of it's the David Carradine, right? No, it's not David Carradine. It's uh, um, Michael Madsen. Oh, that actually, Madsen. Winds up. It's yeah. his character. I can't remember the, the, his name off the top of my head. They're but. all named after like like venomous creatures or something. It's like snakes. Buck. It's like Buck or something oh, like that. Oh no, the girls are named after snakes. But no, all the all the guys are too. Are they? Yeah, yeah. Ryan, they all they all have nicknames. Ryan, names. Ryan, is that true? You're you're a, a giant Tarantino fan. Is that true? What was that? Um, was that Kill Bill? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I didn't see that one. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Uh, that's great. But yeah, she's buried alive, and she's able to uh, <laughs> to use uh, the 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 stuff that Pai Mei taught her, who is uh, uh-huh. an uh, ancient uh, Chinese uh, martial artist, right. uh, to yeah. punch through the coffin and eventually be able to climb out. It's like the one-inch punch or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yep. Mm. Yeah. There was a movie with Ryan Reynolds called Buried, and this very thing happened to him in that film. It's a very long and boring film. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, here's the thing. It's not terrible. It's not terrible. <laughs> Don't watch it. <laughs> there's, like, there's like four camera angles, and that's it. So my question yeah. is, is what, was he buried alive by someone? Or yes. was what, did, yeah. it wasn't one of the things where he, you know... Everyone thought he was dead. He was buried alive. No, it was... So it's very similar to that moment in The Prestige where Huge Jackman buries Christian Bale Part 2 for like a revenge kind of thing. Right. Mm -hmm. So you take that five-minute scene in The Prestige and you stretch it out for a two-hour movie. It's that. Right. And it's he's in the coffin the entire time. Yeah. That sounds awful. I mean, it's... eh, eh. Does it get out? I think so. I rem- I don't remember. How do you not remember the ending? Because it was kind he's of, buried alive. It's so boring. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't he actually? He was buried alive for some of it. Ryan Reynolds, wasn't he? I possibly. He was. I believe he was actually buried in that coffin for for a while. I don't see why not. It, it's a shame that we don't have some sort of <laughs> thing to look things thing up to on. look it up on to to try and find out. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, it, it's a good segue into. Video games. Ryan, you are a giant video game person, fan. Are there any video games that deal with this subject that you know? Well, uh, you know, uh, strangely enough, I don't actually. Um, I I know that doesn't really help. (laughs) Well, no, no, I'm just asking. uh, I mean, I. I, Well, I mean, I I played well. Of course, you know, we played several zombie games over time and, mm-hmm. and of course zombies I guess that you could consider that being Tec- alive and there or well I guess rising from the grave so technically it could be yeah. a, a certain way of surviving being buried alive I mean I would I say know. I would say our our tie to our zombies episode which Joe and I recorded you know uh, last week mm-hmm. um, our tie to that would be you know your traditional Haitian voodoo zombie 
a lot of the time. Yeah, you know, yeah, there you go. Uh, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're, they have the blowfish poison or whatever mm-hmm. it is that that seem seems to make them look like they're dead. They're buried, right? And then brought back to life. Uh, you know, woken up. You know, and you know, possibly brainwashed and and made mm-hmm. to you know be a servant on a plantation for you know, for years. That's definitely a, a type of buried alive. I definitely think the zombie ties to that, you know, yeah. waking up from the ga- grave. There are games that where, you know, where your character in, in uh, various games ends up in a situation where, you know, somebody puts him in a box or I, I think one such, um, I think there was one called Manhunt from Manhunter. the PS2 days. Yes. Yeah, and then uh, you, I think you were placed in some kind of casket at one point and you had to break your way out. So, I mean, they're there have been uh, moments in games where maybe not the basis for the game, but there have been right. moments mean, where you are buried alive and your character has to find a way out or break their way out. Right. I mean, the, the, the opening scenes in Fallout New Vegas, you know, the, the main character, the character you play, uh, you're, what, shot in the head and you're left in, an, in a grave? And I don't know if you're buried. Exactly, yeah. But, and that's, I mean, that's a good starting point for a game especially because you can kind of go from wherever you want. Uh, and, it, yeah. you know, it's a good foil for things like amnesia and, and things like that. I don't ever want to be buried alive, guys. I'm just telling you right now. I don't think I want to either. Yeah. It sounds like a no, bad time. No, not me. <laughs> and all, all that dirt, you know what I mean? All that dirt. All that dirt. And nipple twist. The worms crawl in, the worms crawl out, the worms <laughs> crawl about. Like I said, guys, just put me in a chair somewhere for a while, you know. Uh-huh. Put a TV on and uh, just wait it out. Yeah. Give me See a if you come back, you know. <laughs> to pinch my nipples once in a while, blow some smoke with my ass, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and just Coming to make sure. Me, uh, Hope you pride me once in a while. Right. You know, sit around and, 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 and drink some alcohol while you're doing it. Sure. You know what I mean? There you Have go. Wake, there you, you go. Know? So, Ryan, yeah. tell us tell us a little bit about what you're doing recently. Well, I've been uh, working on a YouTube channel. I I am doing Let's Play videos. Uh, I know there's a lot of those online, but, um, but I decided to do it myself. And mm. there's not much material on it yet. I'm working on kind of getting a schedule ironed out to post videos but what i do is i i post videos of me commentating and playing games um uh, there's a horror game i just posted recently it's the new five nights at freddy's sister location yeah i always, and, get, uh, I always get the name mixed up funky Freddy's something something i always mess it up so <laughs> freddy's five nights did the the roxbury i don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah pretty close but um yeah, there's uh, there's a lot of people doing that that I that I admire and and I've been inspired to do. I figured you know I'm gonna play video games anyway, mm-hmm. so why not share them with people? And I, you know I know I myself always look up when I'm stuck on a game or something like that and I need some help. I you know it, it's really helpful to look up people playing it and like they can kind of show you how the show you the ropes or show you how things are done so mm-hmm. you don't have to do it yourself. That kind of thing. Right on. I, I think you guys said you were uh, you were going to place a link somewhere so um, people could check it out and absolutely we'll we'll put it on the show notes. What's what is the the channel called? Uh, well, uh, my my uh, channel name is Splintered and Split, so it's just uh, Splintered and Split all together, no spaces, and you should be able to find me that way. You can also find me on Twitter uh, by the same name and find me that way because I post my I post my videos uh, also on Facebook. I mean, there's a lot of ways to reach me, but 
Uh, just type in Splittered and Split into YouTube, and it should bring up my page, and then you could hit me up from there. Cool, cool. Now, do you have, like, any certain criteria for the games that you're you're playing through? Are you doing, like, mostly modern new games? Are you doing, like, super old games? Uh, well, um... I, I like to I, I like to kind of mix it up. Um, right now, I'm kind of relegated to um, some older games simply because I'm working with uh, some equipment that can't really run the new modern stuff. Mm-hmm. But I try to make it fun, you know. I mean, I do stuff that I try to do stuff that you know not a lot of people have seen, or you know, try to make it interesting. But right now, um, like I said, find it's a Freddy Sister location. It just happens to be something that is new that I can run on uh, my machine. So it's really equipment-based right now, but mm-hmm. what I'd like to eventually start doing is um, there's a uh, service you've probably heard of called Twitch. Yeah, right. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to start trying to stream stuff. Um, we've, we've got um, new internet being run through our neighborhood. So once I get the decent internet, I'm going to try to start tr- streaming on uh, live streaming on YouTube and Twitch. Cool. So cool. Guess, well, uh, when you get your people. when you get your Twitch up, just hit us up and uh, we'll, we'll let everybody know. Yeah, we'll post that too. Yeah, and I thought maybe uh, you know we could also work on something collaborative. You know, maybe we could do um, like a friend of mine recently. We uh, we did a live stream where he was three D printing uh, with a three D printer in one part of the screen, and then we were playing a game together in the other. So he tried tried to do some kind of multimedia thing. Hmm. So it's pretty cool. I mean, there's a lot you can do with it. Um, but I have a lot of fun because it, it's just, you know, like I said, I'm going to be playing the games anyway. And I, I like to share and just kind of entertain people. And mm-hmm. it's fun to, it, it's fun to, you know, as a group. I mean, I talk to a lot of, uh, a lot of YouTubers now, you know, I've got a lot of friends that do Let's Play channels as well. And we kind of share ideas back and forth. And it's just a lot of fun. I mean, I, I have a blast recording. I love doing that stuff. I mean, as you guys know, mm. you know, with the bands and everything else, we all the other projects we've done before, it, it's just, it's, you know, my first love is recording and entertaining and doing all that stuff. So it's, it's a lot of fun. It gives me a chance to really um, to get that out, you know. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, uh, Ryan, I, I really appreciate you uh, coming on, man. We're going to have to have you on for another episode sometime soon. Oh, yeah. I'd, I'd be happy to do that. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a lot man. of fun. Yeah, and I, I'll make sure I wanna. I'm gonna watch your uh, your Limbo episode. That one's a good one. I love I love Limbo. There's three new videos. I mean, of course, there's three there now. You can check out, and uh, the Five Nights at Freddy's is probably my favorite one. So yeah, it's a good one. But yeah, I had a lot of fun. I appreciate you guys uh, having me on, and I'd love to do another one. All right, definitely. All right, Curiosos. Well, that about does it for being buried alive. That buries it. <laughs> that, oh, that buries the subject. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, thank you guys for, for joining us, and thank you, Ryan, for being on the episode. No problem. Thank you for having me. Don't bury me. Let's hope the dead stay dead. <laughs> we can't stress enough. Don't bury yourself. <laughs> right. Exactly. Really? <laughs> All right. Night. Night. Adios. Thank you for listening to the Curioso Podcast. You can tweet us at Curioso Podcast. You can email us feedback at thecurioso.com. You can Facebook us, facebook.com backslash thecurioso podcast. Check out our merchandise on zazzle.com backslash curioso podcast. You can also check out our videos, youtube.com backslash curioso podcast. 
on the left-hand side of the Curioso.com, you can help support the show by clicking on our donate link. And if you're a real Curioso, we need you to go on and give us a great five-star review on iTunes. It will help us get more listeners, and it'll make you feel good about yourself. You, you would you would hate the smoke up your ass. Yeah, I I, I don't like that at all. I don't know what you heard. <laughs> a pish mire is the meanest ant there is. <laughs> and Aunt Dimitri is a pish mire. I love that movie. <laughs> I like when she. I like when the kid says, <laughs> "Well, she's going to take you away." He's like. Oh, no, we'll kill her. We'll kill her, and we'll put her in the ground, and we'll put dirt on top of her. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put dirt on top of her. It's <laughs> a little kid. Yeah. Unless you, know? you have, like, lady panties on. Like, you ever notice that? What? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Joe, I don't wear lady panties this when ta- I'm going this, swimming. This, I don't know what you're talking about. No, this is a tangent. Did we just have a change of topic here? <laughs> no, it's just, a, it's just a tangent. It's just a tangent. Uh, women's bathing suits. For some reason, they have that little pocket in the in the crouch. In the yeah, the crouch area. Uh-huh. I always thought it was so they could take sand home with them. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly don't know what that's for. So people, please no, no, write please in don't. and please. tell me what that's for. No, we don't. What's please it for? don't say that. I I, I, Do you know I what don't talking have, about. I'll little... explain to you off air, Joe. Okay, good. I the, think. The little... I think I know. The I'm little... not really sure. You know what, Joe? I don't know. Go ahead, write in and tell Joe what it's for. Please. I'll demonstrate it off air. <laughs> oh, Ryan's going to wear uh, a lady's uh, swimming trunks, and he'll demonstrate. A one-piece. There you go. And then he's looking at his computer and all this other stuff, and he's got the microphone directly in his face. Well, usually the, I mean, the monitors are at eye level. Well, that's you need to get me something where I can put, I need put to get my you monitor, some, monitor I need to get, Okay. You see what I, see what I deal a with, A cardboard Ryan? box or something so it can be up here. <laughs> this is what I deal with all the time, Ryan. <laughs> I just like to be able. I mean, okay. This is why I work alone. Okay. Is that why? Ryan, Joe, Joe writes all of his stuff on little scratches of paper. Okay. They're, no, these are full size sheets of paper. And, you know, I mean, he like writes stuff on the back <laughs> of napkins and brings it in, and that's what he calls notes. Yeah. I go off of <laughs> web pages. Okay. And I, ha- I bring my laptop. Hey, just remember. Just remember that J.K. Rowling wrote Harry Potter books on legal pads. That's right. Yeah. See, I do it old school where I, I actually have to write things out. <laughs> yeah, that's why they like... call it old school, because it's old. Yeah. I'm using the new way. You use the old way. Okay. The old school the needs way. a new roof. I'm going to give myself a little top off. I'm ready to go. All right. Yeah. A little top off. A little top off. All right. A little top off. <clears throat> Oh no! I got one plugged up nostril. It sucks. <clears throat> okay. All right, Ryan, shut up. <laughs> we, we have to introduce you. Yeah. Quiet on the set. Yes. Quiet on the set. And one, two. Is it two? Four? And, uh, th- was it? Was it five? It, five, four, four three, three, 